Hi there, you wanna hear a joke? Knock knock. Who is there? Amani Maranga is not here. That's why I am living truthfully's answering machine. Ha ha ha. Anyway, Amani Maranga and super producer went to make a birthday cake. The recipe said separate two eggs. So they put one egg in the living room and the other one, they are running to take it far 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 away from here. Imagine that. Anywho, it's living truthfully's birthday. And I am capable of receiving messages. To leave a happy birthday message, press 1. In case you have spotted them running with an egg press 2 if you are running with them hang up. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday living truthfully. Happy birthday to you. Amani, the work that you are doing in Living Truthfully is the truth. And I'm so glad that you ventured out into the unknown and it's been a learning experience. I'm learning about myself. I'm learning about parenting. I'm learning about relationships in with new and fresh eyes. And, I, and I've loved that you are dealing with what is currently happening now. And so my hope is that as we live truthfully, we will also engage our own children to live truthfully so that they can find solutions for their time when it's time and again I'm just I cannot even believe it's been a year it's just wow 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 (laughs) congratulations again keep up the good work keep living truthfully peace and happy one anniversary to living truthfully how proud am I that you chose to come out of the closet and um just share with us truth from a male perspective you have allowed me wageni to enter into the mind of a man and i have understood or gained some understanding on the goings on on what i'm not told what i don't see what i don't feel um regarding men i am raising a son and i mean i'm just learning a lot of um just how my raising of my son will impact him if i extrapolate his life 20 years from now so happy anniversary this has been an amazing journey and thank you amani for being vulnerable to us i know it's not been easy but you chose you chose and through that god has used you immensely thank you to all the men who've come to your platform who've been bold enough to share their stories who've been bold enough to share their lives with us i don't think i'd have those guts but um i celebrate them i celebrate you i celebrate i celebrate um all the men who've come to the platform uh the world's gonna be a better place because you guys are taking charge bless Thank you so much for stepping into the scary places of life, uh, facing your fear, and being willing to live truthfully. Happy birthday, living truthfully. You are a gift to so many. Hey, Amani, Mugambi here. Um, I have had the opportunity to listen to a few episodes of Living Truthfully, and I have to say that this stuff was overdue. I thank you for creating a space that people can feel safe and vulnerable in. 
Thank you for bringing such generous, such articulate people, such articulate men full of heart who are willing to share of themselves and just break this cycle that we have found ourselves in where we don't know how to express ourselves and we only know how to defend or to attack aggressively or to be versions of ourselves that we've been taught that are so out of place and so malignant so thank you so much thank you so much for just telling another story and thank you for enabling me to see um, another side of myself um, a side that can thrive in its authenticity and complete freedom from this idea of what we call masculine I think we're bigger than that Thank you, man. Oh, yes. And of course, happy birthday, Living Truthfully. Looking good. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time it is, wherever you are. Welcome to episode 43 of living truthfully. Wow, wow, wow. you've this for 43 times. Don't interrupt my intro. <laughs> I'm so glad you're listening to this conversation. Yanni, we are one year old. Who would have thought we would have done one year? Thank you so much for all of you that have been listening to Living Truthfully. We have well over 100,000 downloads on the podcast. Lots of good stories. I cannot have been any prouder to be a podcaster. I'd like to acknowledge some people. First and foremost, the guests who've come here. This is a man's word. Guests who've come here, who've bared their souls, told their stories. Ay, 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 I can't thank you guys. Akina Edward, Akina Moses Nderito, Marcus, guest number one, EMK, who called his dad over here and said, I love you for the first time. People like Steve Karioke, Akatwambia Stories, Biashara, SK Blue with his wisdom. Dr. Oscar, the OG, the one man who has always said yes to every time I've asked him on the podcast. And then there was the guy, Michael. Oh, yeah. Aki, I, yeah, 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 yeah. That guy asked me a question I will never forget. Is your court higher than God's court? And then, obviously, Moses Nderito, who just came and broke every barrier. In fact, Keep it locked on Living Truthfully because we are talking co-parenting with him and he's going to be coming soon. I, I cannot name everybody who's been here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your stories. And listen, guys, there's such catharsis in doing this. If you want to share your story, come. We'll talk. We'll talk with you. We'll share those stories. Now, can I talk about the fun? The people who have always listened, who have complained when I'm late. Nini, my complainer, I thank you for complaining. The people who have sent messages and messages, people who have always retweeting what I tweet, or even put my podcast on their Insta stories. I am so grateful to all of you that have supported 
me on this journey, the people who have given financially. Thank you so much. I cannot thank you enough. You have validated my journey for this podcast. This is a man's I'm so glad you're listening to this conversation. And in studio with me, I have the man I... behind Kitabu. The man behind Nylab was the man who has met 23 presidents and four kings. I don't even know how to introduce this guy. You know, the funny the thing is, those I don't even go to those success hold on, metrics. Hold on. Are you done? No. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> put your hands together for Tony Ndongo is my podcast. Ah, now you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you're so unruly. You're so unruly. It's because I don't think those are success metrics. I'm like, yeah, dude. No, why just, am I at I'm your just, podcast? Like, just why trying, am I here? I'm just trying to introduce you. So you just say Tony Dong was in the room. Okay, Tony Dong is in the room. So I let like me that. tell you about this guy. Ah, I what? Hold on. Ah, damn it. So I'm told you need to talk to this guy. Well, I'd met him when I was doing Engage this year. And then Agatha, who is one of the people behind Engage, tells me we need to have a conversation with Tony. So after a dance, we have a conversation. We didn't dance any after we didn't <laughs> yeah, talk to him. Like, I'm what? Like, yeah. Did what? Yeah, we have a conversation. <laughs> and we ended up having breakfast in Tony's house. Uh, myself, himself, uh, Biko Zulu, Dr. Yes. OG, who is always, always on this podcast, uh, Michael Ayer, who you've also had here. Another guy called Gilbert, who I think is absolutely Mani, cool. Mani Rakiza. Uh, ma, ma, Mari? Mani, Mani Raki. Mani Rakiza. Yeah. The go. guy makes money. It's in his name. <laughs> he does. It's in his name. Hey, Mani Rakiza. Bobby <laughs> <out of> control. <laughs> uh, Bobby Black. Yeah, Bobby Black, the Otiende. pilot. Yeah. Otiende, yeah. new father. And so we had a conversation that. Moav. How do you Oh, yeah. Moav? Shucks, shucks. Oh, my goodness. Monkey Kirum. Moav. Marvelous. That was a big breakfast. Marvelous. It's such a big breakfast. Like eight guys. Yeah. Yeah. And we had this conversation that turned out into an event. This is true. The Dirty Blueprint. The Dirty Blueprint. That's oh, by the way, I have a name for the next one. Yeah. So we had said we would call it the Dirtier Blueprint. The Dirtier Blueprint. And we're going to talk about sex. Yes. So I have a perfect name for it. Uh-huh. The Dirty Blueprint, uh-huh. Twa Twa Edition. <laughs> <laughs> Come back oh, to the mic. Stupid guy. <laughs> Think about it. No, I'm not going to think about it. Kenyans it's so sad. good. It's ridiculous. The Twitter edition, like it will work. Ah, no, it will not work. The dirty <laughs> blueprint. Dude. So Tony and I and, and and this bunch of wonderful men, we yeah. went to Michael Joseph Center and we put together probably a revolutionary event hey, for good. men. You like big words, eh? But, but, but we started something. Yeah, it, it's true though because I think um, so. Bottom line, brothers don't talk. Yeah. And uh, bottom line, we've taken this whole and social fabric that is called you know, life and mm. set it on fire. Like mm. we've gaslit women, we've gaslit children, we've gaslit each other. And um, I think as a result of the Me Too movement, not not the Me Too movement specifically, but a result mm. of the... Like the, really the, the, like the cry. thinking and the ethos behind Yeah, it. the ethos behind the cry from our sisters and daughters and yeah. wives and whatever, uh, and mothers, about how crazy we have been as men. Um, and, and a, a kind of like a renewed uh, approach to who women are. Mm. Yeah, everything's changed. I think, and, and many men are struggling to find themselves in that in that realm and understand what's going on there. My last guest, uh, Robert Burale, said he stayed six years without having sex. 
Is that right? He accused you of six minutes. <laughs> Said my next guest will have not had sex for six minutes. Is that is that right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> for six minutes. Uh, do you have a response? Uh, I will start my clock now. <laughs> Please don't have sex in studio. I'm like, Aki, what is this podcast about? Tell me about this guy. He's six years. Six years. And he has a book out though. And he has a book out. It's called The Mask Off. Yeah. It's, I have my it's, copy. It's quite, it's quite interesting. I'm hearing. You're hearing. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, why isn't it, you know, those are the kind of things that I keep saying should become audiobooks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, he made that accusation. Mm. You uh, And we're going to talk about co-parenting. This is why I called you here. Yeah. Oh, that's but, why you called me. Yeah, okay. but, but I understand somewhere. Because you actually had a rumor. You what? That, that you, your first sexual encounter was at 25, 20? 23. 23. Yeah. Okay. How, how did you say that long? So twenty three was it? Twenty three. Girl that so, yeah, you so that, that you dated? Uh, was it? No, actually, no. It was. It's funny. So I talked to her this week. Uh, it's very strange. Um, it was a graduation party, mm-hmm. and and I was taking her home, mm-hmm. and it was really really late. Mm-hmm. She was like, I, it's, she, she she lived Eastlands. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't trust this roads or mine. Mm-hmm. So crash. I'm like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, she's like, I have a two-room house. I'm like, ah, on point, on point. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I'm like, I can crash in that room. Mm-hmm. And then I go then, her brother is <laughs> there. So I'm like, so am I supposed to sleep? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can crash in my bed. Now, my background is, I, I was pretty good with it. I had many girl yeah, friends. Wait, wait, you you just shared a story. Type. I'll tell you that. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm going. That's yeah, what I'm going. Yeah. I had many girl type <laughs> friends and many guy type friends. Yeah. And... Let me put it this way. Sex got desensitized. Yeah. It stopped being... A woman's body stopped being... Like uh, the most exciting thing you'd see. Yeah. And I think that's a problem. When we when we, when we we make it such that... Um, if I see breasts, I flip out. It's... It was... You know... No. Are you no. calling me immature because when I see yes, breasts, I yes, flip Yes, yes. You, you just... just the money, that's you. <laughs> and in your so you were game when I was in uni. There are so many girls whose beds I slept in where nothing happened. So many times. Mm. I mean, it was... It's one guy I was telling this story earlier. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I remember this girl. She's called Susan. Fabulous girl. She was, she was amazing. I, in fact, I'm gonna hit her up one time. And, and she's a phenomenal person. Mm. Mother of three now. Mm. She's a HR head at one of these huge INGOs. And I used to go to her house to do assignments. And a lot of times, it, I'd sleep on the table because I'm like I'm tired. It's like 3:30. We've got reports to hand in at nine o'clock. Mm. And one of these times, uh, she's like, you know, can you get into bed? I'm like, that is your bed. She's like, get into bed. I'm like, your boyfriend, get in the bed. So I get in the bed and I was wearing some funny jean things mm. which were muddy. So I removed them and put them aside. So I get into bed and she gets in next to me and we sleep. And in the morning, her boyfriend comes at the door. It's like, oh, stop. And she comes out, sleepy-eyed, be sure in the eye, nini. she opens the door. And he comes in and I'm on the bed. I'm asleep, yani. Then when I hear his voice in the house, what's up, baby, how you doing? And he gives her a kiss and everything. I turn around, I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? And then it occurred to me the situation we were in and how much <laughs> shit this could be right now. <laughs> I'm like, ah, damn it. And he's like, hey, what's up, Tony? How you doing, man? You're fresh? Hey, how's the exam doing? I'm like, ah, it's good, it's good. And I turned back in the bed and I kept sleeping. And in my mind, I was like, what just happened? Then you realize, or I realized, mm. that you've gotten to a point where you're that comfortable, or this guy is that comfortable with you and his girl because she talks about all the time and the stuff that you do. And 
and I just was that person. And the guy knew that the kind of person that you are. Yes. And and so it's uh, definitely not a guy. Please never go do this at home, fellas. It's just this is bad advice. I am an anomaly. But then it was I was the, I wanted to be the person who I wanted to be that guy. That was a very intentional decision. It was an intentional decision of of sitting up with guys and be like, "Yo, I do this with your girlfriend. I respect she's yours. I respect that I we are both international relations students and we need each other's help. And I respect that there are boundaries. If you feel like I'm crossing them, give me a shout. But I'm not interested. She's hot and everything, but she's your type. I am just she's not mine. And it obviously took him a while. This is the end of a long story, but it took him a while. But he got to a place where he was like, "Yo, I am going to crash. We are at the club. Please take care of her." And I'm like, "Cheers, dude." And for some people, and they're not verbal, it has worked. You've always, you know, you have a girl who has a best friend and her girl, this girl and her best friend and this boyfriend have a three-way relationship that works. And their boundaries are a drone. But the ones we hear about are the planes that crash. You know, the my best friend slept with my boyfriend or vice versa. But there are those that have worked. And I want to believe that I'm in that group. Went to our house, got into a bed, slept. I'm a plane crash. You are a plane crash. Slept. <laughs> You're like, yo, you can't even be found. And in the middle of the night, she's like, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. We're doing this one for all the ladies. <laughs> and that was that. And I got a muscle ball. I just want to leave that there. So, Tony, um, let's talk a bit about your career. <laughs> let's, let's jump. <laughs> yeah, let's jump. Let's, let's move to that. Let's go to something else. Let's do that. That I can relate with. <laughs> <laughs> How well said, bro. Um, we're talking about co-parenting, but I feel like context of who you are is important to, you know, set a stage because you parent from who you are. Yeah. So, you're one of the founders of Nylab. Yeah. Um... Go back to university. Mm. I don't like school. I'm okay at it, but I just don't like it. Mm. But I find out very early I'm a problem. I'm, I'm a solution seeker. Mm. There's a difference between a problem solver and a solution seeker. Problem mm. solvers want to solve problems and be known to be the ones who solve problems. Mm. Solution seekers are people who say, whoever solves this is a dawn, and I'm willing to work under that mm. and make it happen. And I was pretty innovative because of... So let me just help people understand the way you see things, the way you read things, the way you understand things is very linear. Mm. You see them through your eye, your mind translates them into what it is, and that then gives you a sense of knowledge, data, which from which you can make decisions, which is what we call wisdom. Mm-hmm. Dyslexics don't see things that way. We see things in patterns, which basically means when text comes into my eyes, the first thing my brain does is break them up mm. like a puzzle. Mm. And then it struggles to put them together, especially when they're in wide format. Usually that success succeeds when it's um, a picture. So that's why I remember people's faces. I remember nursery school, my entire class from nursery school in 1987. All of it. Mm. I can tell you two or three names, but I've seen people, and I'm like, you went to Nicholas in 1987 in PP8. Mm. Mm. And the guy's like, huh? <laughs> I remember Beaches. She had short hair. She had a pink doggy juice bottle that always carried passion juice. And she used to pull my ears. And that's why to this day, I don't like passion juice. Those are the kind of things the sexy people do. And we are really good at seeing a problem and fixing it. And so innovation was my thing. And when I got out of uni, I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. And this guy called Bart Lacroix, a Dutch guy, six foot five, I think. He's taller than me by about an inch. Six foot six. Called me when I was in the back of a pickup in Thika and he's like, yo, uh, I've been told that you're 
and this interesting chap I should meet and I want to I want you to work for this company mm. that we started called One Percent Club. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Let me get back to Nairobi and then figure my way out. So I got there, met up with him, talked about One Percent Club. And I liked what they were doing. It was trying to get people to give 1% of what they own or have as companies, corporates, whatever, to charity. Mm-hmm. I was not very good at that. I was actually mm-hmm. shit at that job. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> what we did do was we found out that there's a very big budding tech space. Mm-hmm. And Eric Hersman, who founded iHub, was mm-hmm. also a friend of mine. And mm-hmm. we had had this conversation a couple of times. And he said, look, I found a place at Bishop Magua. And there's two floors at the very top that are empty. Do you guys want to? come and do this mm. with me. I was like, yeah, you run the iHub. Us guys will run what was then meant to be called the iLab. Mm. So iHub Incubation Hub and I mean Innovation Hub and iLab Innovation Lab. Mm. So incubation, you go to the iHub to create all the fun things mm. and then you come to the iLab to turn it into businesses because mm. that's what I was good at. And and boom, the, the iLab was born and iHub did its thing and of course they had such good networks so they raised money very, very quickly which, mm. you know, bravo to Eric, he put his whole heart and soul into that space. But us guys were all black. <laughs> so that was tough. Right next door, but black. Yeah, we were black. We were right next door, but black. And and it's it was, the, I mean, I remember I spoke to everyone from the Chris Kirubis and the, uh, uh, what is this guy, Vimar Shahs. I mean, as in, I canvas this town and all the people who have money in this town, everybody. And no one gave us a penny. Mm. It was, tech was not sexy. People didn't know what it was. They'd rather put their money in the stock exchange, which is fine. You know, we understood. Uh, but after three years of doing it, I was losing my mind. Somewhere in there, Bart and I were like, let's try and do this outside the country. And we did. And we managed, towards the end of 2011, to close $5.5 million. Wow. And I was 30. I was brain dead. I was exhausted, burnt out. I'd been sleeping there for some time because it's not like we have any money to spare. Mm. And because it was such a new scene, you know, so many clothes, there were so many no's, so many more no's than there were yeses. Mm. And that broke me at that point. Mm. So 2012, I was like, I'm done, I can't do this. Sam Gishoro happened to have been there the last year. And I was like, you know, I kept giving him things to help me with because he's such a lovely guy. Mm. Can you do this for me? Mm. Yeah, and then he got to a point where I was like, do you want to go to this country for me and have this meeting on my behalf because I don't feel I have it? Mm. And I was like, yeah, sure. Introduced him to Bart and the other guys. I'm like, look, I think this is somebody who's good to take over from where I've left off. And he did. And 10 years later, seven, nine years later, here we are. Nine, wait, 12 to seven years later, here we are. And Jack Ma's come through, the World Bank's come through, the president's even been there. I mean, 70-something thousand people. I mean, I remember pitching iCal with uh, Suka Humbu to Michael Joseph in a boardroom. I remember doing the same thing for, I don't know if it was, I can't remember, but I remember doing so much for so many companies. And it's just fantastic to see how people have grown. And, and step back a little bit and be like, yeah, you guys are just killing it right now. I love that. So when I come on your podcast, we'll talk about that. Yeah. The, oh, yeah, my podcast. <laughs> yeah. Which is called? My African Startup Story. My African Startup Story. And so I far, I've got, like, I've got some interesting people who have and come can, And I can find it where? Mm, it's on iTunes. It's on Google Play. It's on SoundCloud. It's on all of them. Okay. I had radio. My, my African startup. My African startup story. Mm-hmm. Let me just say who, are, who has come. Mm-hmm. Five of the, the fun people. Mike Pedersen is probably Kenya's best startup CTO. Mm-hmm. Mikulcha owns Eat Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the magazines that we know as Nomad and Yummy. Nivi Sharma, who's you know the, just was brick education and just did a fantastic job there. 
uh Oliver Gashara who's KCB lands then Rina Karina was on my house today which is mm. fantastic okay. uh John Wenena wife these are the bitcoin mm. these are crazy people and I'm looking forward to having so many more cool people coming through so yeah one day I'll be on that list. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> you you know why it's interesting? Mm-hmm. Ken Jorogen mm-hmm. of Celluland, yeah. when I started my first company, mm-hmm. we were sharing a warehouse uh, on Mudangari Road and he was sitting there with his boys, Faz. They had like seven or eight tables and I'd sit down with him a couple of times and I would see what he went through doing, he was driving this beat up blue BMW from the, name, the 80s mm-hmm. and his wife and I were always there, even on weekends. These guys worked so hard and when you look at him now with the 50 million or so dollars that he's gotten to grow into the many countries he has, everybody's like, oh, look at Ken, oh my God. People don't know where these brothers and the sisters grind. came yeah, from. Yeah. But they came from so far. That's true. And because we're not good at history and being able to write our own stories, mm-hmm. I think my African startup story is where I'm trying to get that done. So people know, yes, you may not know my name and it's okay, I don't need mm-hmm. you to know my name. I have no interest in being a celebrity. It is a horrible life. But you do need to know where people have come from. So you don't think when you see them where they are, they started there or they got there overnight. So I come to your house first time. Yeah. And I see some lovely young girls. Yeah. How many kids do you have? Two. And just two lovely girls that seemed comfortable Mm. in your house. Mm. Tell me about them. Well, I can't. (laughs) <laughs> well, I try to keep them out of sight. Yeah, not, not, I mean, I'm not telling you to tell me about their names and things. Just tell me about who they are. They are life for me. That's bloodline. That's that's. How old is your first one? Nine. Nine. And she's turning nine tomorrow. Actually. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. the second one is six. And they are my life. They are life. They are like that's that's the reason why I do what I do. And they are girls. So doing that in 2019 is interesting. Looking at the world. Oh, huh. tell me that again. Yeah. So, one of the questions I'm asking people in this co-parenting situation is, let's discuss how you started co-parenting because I don't think that was the intention. I've not met people who said, let's have children together. And then you and go just, over there. And, and then, then yeah, you go there and I yeah. stay here and then we just parent these children together because that's what we wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. So, tell me how that started. Well, as far as I'm concerned, it'll always be my fault. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason Were why... Were you married? Uh, yes. The reason why... Well... The reason why it'll always be my fault, mm-hmm. Alex explain. The reason mm-hmm. why it's always going to be my fault is because when it's my fault, I can I have power over it. Mm. When it's not my fault, I don't have any power over it. Mm. So it's, it's, it's looking at it and thinking, when I was in uni, mm. last years of uni, this, this girl walked in class, and I will never forget this day. She walked in class, the sun was setting on whatever the side it sets, and I was sitting at the back, and she walked in the door, and the sun hit the class from the side of the window. Mm. It was that golden hour, which is when mm, the sun is mm, bright mm. yellow. And she walked in and she confused me in a way I've never, ever been confused. I blame the sun for this problem. It is the sun's fault. I tell you, the solar system screwed me, man. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I've never been confused like that. Mm. She walked in and I was like, who is this person? Mm. And she sat four or five doors in front of me. And I, could, I cannot tell you who taught that class. I cannot tell you what we learned. I cannot tell you how long, I nothing. In fact, the class ended when she stood up to start leaving. And I was like, <laughs> I got to know who this person is. Mm-hmm. So, of course, because I had not taken any notes, because I was not even present in the class mm. in any way, shape or form, mm-hmm. I ran up to her and I'm like, hi, um, Tony. And I was in class, but I never got any notes because my pen wasn't working or some nonsense like that. <laughs> and she turned to me and she was like, hi, uh, okay. Uh, well, I took some notes. 
Um, do you want me to photocopy them for you? Mm. I was like, I like this person very mm. much. Mm. Quick summary. We went after a lot of hard work. Mm. We went out for seven months and she dumped me because I was immature. <laughs> she was right mm. and uh, it, it was a this was a laughter of acknowledgement oh yeah, yeah. this yeah. is a, this was a year bro <laughs> she was very right mm. um but in that period of time i realized what love felt like i had mm. never seen that before mm. and i was like yo man this person has me wrapped around their finger no doubt um so many years passed the next girlfriend i had who she was gracious enough to come and join me as as I went to my guardian celebrated a birthday of the current girlfriend. I mean, I'm just that person of, I don't believe in hate. I even have pictures. My, <laughs> our best friend, and we had a friend who, who we shared, mm -hmm. as a very close friend of ours. She said to me, you realize that your current girlfriend is a replica of your previous girlfriend. As in, if a man, when I show you photographs, you'd be like, what the hell is this? Wow. No I can't wait to see them. Huh? I actually... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's insane. They look the same. They, they're, wow, wow, they're, wow. they're the same. What? They're the same person. As in, when I look at the photograph, I'm like, nah. <laughs> hey, what the hell? Exactly the same person. The mm -hmm. characters were different. Mm -hmm. The second person also had daddy issues, so that mm -hmm. didn't go well at all. Uh, then I was like, I'm done with these black chicks. They're killing me. I went for a white girl. Um, who I dated for almost two years, which was mm -hmm. excellent. But when, when I was told to go to the nether regions of Europe and mm -hmm. live in the cold and the winter, mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Peace. I'm black. Cheers. I do sunlight. Bro. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Melanin. Ish, please, bro. Hey. Mm -hmm. um, and then after a while of kind of chilling, this is eight years. Yeah. After a while of kind of chilling. So you see, they're not. Mm. Many, no, many I'm, I'm working with you. We're yeah, tracking. Yeah. We're tracking. Yeah. We're tracking. Uh, tracking. She comes back and I'm like, yo, so this is what I'm doing. I hire her younger sister. <laughs> Who are we talking about? So now girlfriend number, number one. one. Okay. Mm. The sun, sunlight chick. The sunlight sunset chick. chick. So we call her yeah. sunset. Sunset. So yeah. sunset comes back and I'm like, I hire her younger sister mm -hmm. to work in my company, which so, is amazing. So mini sunset is that? So like, mini sunset is in so, the office. Yeah. What do you call her? Four p.m. Uh, no, um, no, she's called me. Let's call <laughs> mini sunset. So mini sunset. Uh -huh. And and you know we hang out with my pals and I you know fabulous yeah. family, fantastic mm. people. Mm. And so. Um, we hit it off ish, not really ish, mm. but we've changed. You know, we've grown, mm. we're different. Mm. Um, and I'm not trying to recreate that steam of Zamani. Yeah. But she's dope, you know, she works out of town. So I drive there and drive back, you know, a couple of times. I go out of my way because I'm like, hey, that feeling, let me tell mm. you that feeling. That feeling is. That sunset feeling. Man. That sunset feeling yeah. is something I, I understand. I, yeah. And it's a, it's a one off because mm. I don't think I'll ever get that again. But. Somewhere in there, there's a situation with the person she's currently dating mm. and I'm the fallback plan. And I, you know, obviously I'm going to take care of this person because mm. we're not trying to do a thing. Mm. It's just, you know, hey, mm. I take care of this person because I care about this person. And, and that, that, that's something I share with you. I've always found that people who have been in my life mm. that you've loved once, mm. you can't sort of unlove them. It's very difficult. Yeah. Like you will call me out and I'm like, yo, what's up? Yeah. Uh, do you, what do you need? So, yeah. So comes through then. Then we have a little bit of a thing uh, and then one night evening i remember she calls me to the room hey i've got a surprise for you i'm like i like surprises mm -hmm. very cool very cool and she covers my eyes and she walks me to the room and then she says surprise and she opens my eyes and i see two little white boxes with two lines in each and we are three <laughs> and i remember chris brown <laughs> yeah no not chris brown what's his name chris tucker not chris tucker what's that guy chris rock chris rock yeah saying in one of his videos when 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 a girl tells you she's pregnant your response should always be what are we gonna do <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want to do what do you want to do so i'm like congratulate what do you want to do 
<laughs> and and she was about ready. She was like, you know, when we were 30, both of us. And she was around. She was like, I'm super ready to keep. And if you don't want, it's okay. And I was like, no, man. So again, this falls back to my Christian upbringing where we have no choice. man. I'm a good man. Mm. I am not going to let you fall. So I'm like, no, we're going to do it. And this is about the same time the Nile Lab's doing what it's doing. My mind mm. is where my mind is. Mm. All the shit that was going on, I was sitting in the fan. This was the biggest blessing. And and as we started, you know, we used to fight a lot because I realized that you can you can care about somebody but not mm. have the same. Mm. When you know when babies come, you both go to default setting. Mm. I am going to bring up this child the way I know how mm. and the way I've been brought up. Mm. Mm. And we both had very different ways of doing things. Um, but we work. You know, it, it was long story short. After many years of really putting an effort. Um, I was the wrong fit for who she was. I was the triangle in her circle. And super credit to her for taking this not very well planned out because I am not a planner. Not very well planned out. I am not a saver. And for a woman who needs security, I am just not your guy. I am the I am the guy who will jump off the cliff with planks of wood and try and build a plane as we fall. Wow. Good luck chilling with a guy like this. Mm. And I'm very fortunate that I've succeeded where I have succeeded. But then I've failed in many more places than I have succeeded. So you can imagine doing a couple of months with no rent. Um, I remember one time I went to visit my folks. I'm in my mid-30s. And this is the year, six months after we've raised the $150,000. That's 15 million bob. Mm. Uh, and my dad's like, here's my ATM card. Go and buy food because I know you don't have any in your house. Most people will be like, what did you do with 15 million? Mm. Yeah, well, you know, when you're running a business and it's a tech business, that's not much more. That's why you see tech companies raising half a million dollars and finishing it in an afternoon. These things are expensive. And it is hard to be in a home like that. It was, it was yeah, big credit to her. It was very difficult to be in a home like that. And after a while, it just wasn't working. Tell me how you, were you there when your daughter was born? Both times. One time I drove from Naivasha to Nairobi in, I believe, 57 minutes. From Nakuru to Nairobi in 57 minutes. Wait, I have a question. Don't have to answer. Is she the mother of both your children? Yes, she is. Okay. Yeah. And so you were there for the delivery of both of them? Both of them. In the delivery room? In the delivery room. I was there too for the delivery of both my children. How crazy is that? I will never do it again. What? Ever. I will. I, will, I don't think I'm going to get more kids. I think I'm quite, quite good. But then in, in my... You know, I can never okay, never on, say on never, but I hope I think I don't have to do it again. Do you know why I think it's important? It's important to see what is the opportunity to really extrapolate from the lives of women around us how intrinsically involving it is to be one. It is such it is Being a woman is one of those things that even God himself he created us as men in the image of himself. Then he pulled her out of our ribs. She's of us but not like us. So we have things that they have. They have things that we have. But the things that they have that we don't have yeah, wow. He has only told one person, you are highly favored among women. He's never told that to any man, apart from his son. And even his son, he just said, I'm proud of you. That's it. And I love you. And he told everybody else, listen to him. Mm. 
goes to show you the value of the women we have. And I think that's one of the biggest things I think I've come to see in our generation. As long as, you know, if you're a person of faith or even a person who doesn't have a faith, as long as whoever your enemy is tears down the structure of peace, they win you. And right now, our structure of peace is women. Tell me how you felt when you, when, when you, when you saw your daughters for the first time. There's no word. There's no language. There's no song. There's no painting. There's no. There's nothing expression can create. There's no artwork. There's nothing a human body can bring to life to explain to you how I felt when I saw them. I've only seen it in three or four places. Mm-hmm. I've only seen it in sunsets. I've only seen it in very large waterfalls. I've only seen it in endless seas of grass or nature. And I've only seen it on the beachfront. When there's a thunderstorm far away in the ocean. Those are the emotions that cannot be expressed in words. That's how I felt. Both times. No fail. And how do you feel about your daughters now? Every time I see them, I run through those emotions every now and then. I drop them in school. I drop Whenever I drop them in school and they take the bus. Every single time I have to hold myself back from holding them back. Mm. Yeah. I put them in the bus and I'm like, dear God, if, if you want to do anything today, make sure this driver doesn't get on his phone, doesn't get confused, doesn't do anything stupid. He gets my kids to school and gets them home. I know his name, Washosho, big shout out. Um, I know their teachers. Like These are my girls. It's a school of many hundreds of kids. But because my girls are in that school, I'm going to go and talk to boys about sex. I'm going to talk to girls about sex. I'm going to go and help the PTA. I'm going to be involved because of two people. And hope, hopefully my involvement, I'm just saying those are the things I do. Uh, because of my involvement, I'm in the sports team. My daughters are not even in those teams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show up because, mm. yeah, my girls are in there. How is the relationship with their mom? Mm. And how does that affect your co-parenting? I made a decision a long time ago when when we both saw this was not going to work and I was like, I am going to be your friend. I am going to do everything I need to do to be your friend. I am going to support you in everything you want to do. I am going to be the guy who is going to be, if I'm not going to be the stepping stone, I am going to be the guy you know, who is next to the guy who is a stepping stone. You know, that is so important because I keep telling people when she is happy, and she's living the best her best life her best life yeah then you're a peaceful dad that's it my kids will never take everything from me they will take more from her than from me mm. so if she's if her ankle is twisted all her ankles are twisted mm. and i'm very fortunate and this is important to say because it's a two-way street i'm very fortunate to have a non-vindictive um honest straight short you see what you get person on the other side of the room uh, I meant to that because yeah. I have the exact same thing because that's critical it's crazy how it just changes the equation yeah. on how you can co-parent because we co-parent very well I need you to help me do this and you need me to help you do this mm. and if you're pissed off be pissed off and say I'm, you know what today I'm just not feeling you mm. And okay, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to talk to you for a couple of days. In my head, I'm like, I'm going to give you that space. You know, I get you're angry. I mm. get, you know, sour. But then when she calls me and she's like, yo, this is a situation. I'm like, how can I help? And I'm not going to mansplain. I'm not going to be like, ah, but you know, no. I'm like, how can I help? 
I'm do you want to vent? I'm the worst at mansplaining. So, so let me. T- so, a friend of mine t- told me this. She's a girl. She told me, next time I call you and I want your support, these are the three things I need you to ask me. Do you want me to vent so I can? Do you want to vent so I listen? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to fix it? Mm. Or would you like suggestions? Mm. Those are the three things I need you to do. And when she calls me, I'm like, hey, let me ask you, let me ask you. Do you want to vent? Do you want suggestions? Or do you want me to fix it? And the moment she says vent, my whole being just goes, mm, and I listen. Mm. And I've taken that to be every conversation I have with a woman in my life. From my mother That's to my kids. That's such a good skill. Yeah. I'm, I'm writing down the question. Is that right? <laughs> because <laughs> Manny, I know you, man. I'll text them to you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Do you but, want to vent? But, but I want, I want, th- this could happen before you text it. This is true. Yeah. Do you so want to vent? It could be my next conversation as soon as we're done in the studio. Wow. Yeah. Do you want to vent? Do you want suggestions? So that I listen? Yeah. Do you want suggestions? Or do you want... Me to fix it. Me to fix it. Crazy. Have you had the sex conversation with your daughters? No. Do you know how you're going to have it? Yes. How are you going to have it? Very straight. You don't even understand. Of course, I have to talk to my, my partner and their mommy mm. and sit down with their mom and be like, so how are we going to do this? Because we want to do it together. Mm. So we ha- we're currently having that conversation. Oh, uh, yeah? Mm. So, so um, this is research. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to sit down with her and, you know, figure it out. I definitely want to hear what she how she wants to do it because, you know, her views count very, very much. Mm. Uh, I would do it though very straightforward. I'd be like, so, this is how babies are made. This thing goes in here. Then this thing leaves this here. And then after a while, and when I'm saying here, I'm, these are diagrams that have been printed out from the computer, which my daughters now use for homework. And they're six and nine. And the printer, this is... You guys can't see, but I'm shaking my head. Yeah, this, I can see that. <laughs> uh, and, and this is what is called the vagina. This is what is called the penis. This mm. is what boys have. This is what girls have. Mm. But there are some people who have both. Like, that would be straightforward up here, man. I'm not going to lie about it. There are people who have got both. And there are some people who don't do this. There are some people who have relationships where there are two penises and two vaginas. They're called lesbians or gay folk. We're going to have this conversation so openly. We were in San Francisco when my daughter was four... And the other one was like one in some or two or something like that. And those are those are parade, gay parade, a gay pride, yeah, parade. gay pride parade. And my older one was like, "What is go?" Because you know, gay parade colors are rainbow colors. Which child doesn't love rainbow colors? Daddy, can we go? I was like, "Yeah, yeah let's go see." And we saw inside, and we saw, and you know, gay parades are pretty out there. Like, there's quite a number of people who have no clothes on. And so at that point, we we're like. Mm, <laughs> maybe not <laughs> let's go look for First, food I'm so not ready for this conversation <laughs> it's the world you know I, I have a I have a child who who knows about TikTok I have a child who knows about I have a child who knows about TikTok as well. yeah and, and TikTok is, is if anything it is just pseudo sexual comments oh really everything Shucks. I mean we were talking to our thinking kids don't know what, that talk, what that's about I mean, we need to mature a little bit as a generation. I mean, us guys understood let me, let me what this was about. TikTok now as we're speaking. Yeah, that would be a really good thing. And it gives you a, a, you know, a timeline that allows you to see what people are talking about. And, and it's always, you know, when girls are putting ponytails, because it's predominantly white girls, when they're, putting ponyta- when they're holding back their ponytails, it's a sign of, I'm going to give them a blowjob because I'm on my period or whatever. So it's trying to figure out how to be a very present current parent, but to do two things. Number one, be the source of information for your child. Number two, be the one who guides them in the right direction. That's what I want. I want on the first narrative. 
about sex, or at least the most authoritative narrative to come from me. So tell her what it is physically. Don't make it a thing. Mm-hmm. If you're shy, she'll pick off your shyness. This is what sex is. This is why people have it. This is how it works. This is why you see all these things. And then, this is why you don't do it until you're ready. And what does that mean? Explain to me what that really means. So you start taking your kids about why people have sex after marriage. You tell her both about the faith angle, but also you tell her about the physical angle. Mm. You talk to her about pregnancies and children and how children are work. You make sure she understands how it feels like to be with a baby for 45 minutes and when it's crying and that. But you don't demonize sex itself. You don't demonize boys themselves. And most importantly, you make sure your conversation makes sex as normal a thing as drugs, as normal things as driving under influence. As no, as in, it's, it's just a vice. It's just one of these things you shouldn't do. Don't extrapolate. Don't agitate. Don't make it such a big deal. Oh my God, if you come home pregnant, I will. you're, you're going to... Now your phone is making noises. Mm. If you come home pregnant, I am never going to... You're not going to live in this roof. Rubbish. Tell her it is a vice just like all these vices. And there are consequences to it. And then once you've done that, just reinforce. That'd be cool. And then watch and see where they go. I have two questions for you. I have a question for mums. And you have a question for me? Yeah. But what? That, not because you're a mum. I was wondering. But I think you, you'd make a really good mum. What? Yeah, I, I mean, have you seen the breakfast that you throw down? Okay, I'm just, I'm just, all, sh- I'm just throwing shade. Shade, shade, shade. Dude, we're not boys now. Um, we're friends. Eh. I like you. Calling me a mom. What would you tell moms that are co-parenting? What's the what's a pro tip for moms that are co-parenting? He's in your life forever. Mm-hmm. And he's half of who your child will turn out to be. Mm. Teach her bile, she will be bile. Her or him. Mm-hmm. Whoever your child is, mm. yes. Her him. Teach them. And that's who they will be. Be angry, it's fine. Be bitter, it is fine. Be anything you want, it is fine. But deal with it because you're destroying them. Somebody really made this clear to me and they said, the only womb, I mean, the only umbilical cord that is cut when a child is born is a physical one. The rest are permanent. The mental one, the psychological one, the emotional one, spiritual one. Those are permanent. Your kids will feed off you forever. Feed them negativity. They will be negative. Mm. And the problem comes when they are older. Mm. And they are old enough to recognize where it came from. These kids, for a very short time, are yours. Then for a very long time, are not. Feed them well. Teach them self-respect. Teach them peace. Even when the kid situation is crazy, teach them how to be bigger than. And of course, this is within reason because there are some people, you know, some guys even may actually be like, if this is the man you're dealing with, run. Mm. And there are some women who are the same. Yeah, I tell a guy, if this mm. is the woman you're dealing with, run. Mm. But then strive. And I say all religious books, whether it's something Buddha wrote or um, Quran or the Bible or the, the Jewish uh, testaments, strive to be at peace with one another. 
later down he says for it is not your soul their soul that you save it is your own mm. do that for yourself you know that is so true it's so my, my mom did say some really bad things about my biological dad mm. I don't have a great relationship with her yeah that's that's what it is yeah amongst other things but that's what it is because as you grew up you realized mm. that your father also had a story and everybody does i was talking to a young lady who had a horrible breakup with a gentleman mm. and she kept saying his first name and you know i, I remember the first name mm. and then one time she dropped his second name and i was like huh i know that family mm. and so i call a guy <laughs> he was my former boss where i used to work and i'm like yo dude uh what's your kid bro's name and he says his kid bro's name and it's the first name um, of the guy and i ah was he going out with this chick He's like yeah 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 he was in fact that situation was crazy and then he just goes on to proceed and tell me the story i realized that there are versions of the story are so different wow 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 and i could not now go and tell her so this is his side of the story i couldn't because it's something you two should do and i realized that his story is actually more tragic than hers And I think to myself God must be really I don't know if it's shocked or at at how we do things. It's like we're playing Scrabble. And if we were to work together we can come up with really fancy words. But and now we're just doing go eat cat hi three letter words two letter words because we're not willing to talk to each other. Dog. Yeah. Dog. <laughs> Even that's a lot. <laughs> And I wish people would just It's not hunky dory. It's even relations are not hunky dory. It's I piss her off a lot. I but, do things different, but, but you know, just talk. Yeah, mutual respect and kindness like it doesn't take an anything away from you. The man. basics. If she wins, I win. If uh, I win, she wins. Because I could die tomorrow. Mm. She could die tomorrow. Sorry. And those kids need to have a legacy of who this person is. I still have pictures of her in my house. Because she will always be the mom, and I always want them to know this is not. I didn't. You know, this is not a kick out situation. It's we we decided this isn't working. But this person matters. When they pick, when they call, I pick. When one of them is like, I don't want to talk to mommy. I'm like, Can you talk to your mother? Don't give me that nonsense. Speak. And they do. When we hang out, we hang out. When her car is in trouble, she calls me, man. She calls. You understand? I am still the mech. Until another brother comes in, I'm still the mech. That moti, I call. The, even if she can call the guy herself, I call him. She has his number. She's probably got more credit yeah. than me. I will call him and be like, "This is where the car is. Go pick it up and it's done." Call me to tell me how it's going. Because you you just can't let hate win. You can't. Because hate will not win them. Hate will win you. Your battle with hate has nothing to do with somebody else. Irrespective of what they did to you. Your victory is in your letting it go. Now, that's not I'm not just saying oh my god, just get on. No, 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 no. I'm not I'm not in any way um taking responsibility from the person who did what they did and the punishment due them. I guarantee you it is coming. Karma is such a bitch. But for you, your freedom is in taking letting that let go. Somebody said forgiveness is not letting them go. It's letting yourself go. So do yourself that do what you need to do to heal. And sometimes if it's walking away from that person and not communicating with them at all. 
I can understand that. And sometimes there are people who are in that situation where, you know, not to make anybody feel like you, know, you not wanting to talk to so and so. No, if they tore you to pieces and and you need space and you have kids and you're co-parenting, it'll be crazy for a while. Take your space. Ah, by the way, I grant you that if you need permission, which you don't, just go away. But then work towards getting out of that mire. Don't stick yourself in that ditch. Because you're the one in the ditch. Mm. Not them. Mm. It's you in the ditch. The reason I'm not talking is because I want people to hear you. Yeah. I think I've said it and it hasn't been heard yet. Nah, Pro tip for that. Hey, recognize that it is your responsibility to keep your family together. And if it does not work, it is your fault. Mm. Just that. And now work with what you have. Somebody was telling me today, no weapon formed against you will prosper. The weapon will be formed. Whether you believe in it or not, the mm. weapon will be formed. The Bible is a great place to look, look for this wisdom. But if it, you decide whether it's going to work or not, mm. even if it's not together, you're still the father of the home. You're the, whatever the home is. Your responsibility is on all those people. Mm. And if somebody broke your heart and did something they should not have, it's fine. Take time to heal. You know, Do you fast. Even for the ladies, mm. do you fast. But when you're done, and please be done, come back and take your role. Be the guy. Be the one who supports. Be the one who's strong. Be the, even if you have less money, less time, less, be there. Mm. Take your phone, put it in a drawer, mm. and be like, you know. And my little daughter is always like, whenever she says, Daddy, are you going to take your phone? I'm like, yes, I'm taking my phone to give it to you. And she's put so many games on it that if I pick it up, she wants it. Mm. And so I give it to her and then I'm off it. And we watch TV. I've watched so much SpongeBob. It's exhausting. We play video games together. We cook together. We sit on the dining table and have dinner and homework. And then she crashes because she's so young. She's scared of crashing in her mm. room. So she crashes in my bed. So I've got this six and a half foot by six and a half foot mega mattress that's even falling off the bed. So she can sleep like a letter. You know, our children sleep. And in the morning, I get up, we do shower, wash her, nee, 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 put her in a coat, whatever, put her downstairs, open all the curtains, so then go upstairs, take my shower, prepare myself, and then drop her in school. And then in the evening, she comes to the bus, which I'm looking at to make sure I'm not, I'm not here for too long for. Pro tip for dads' daughters. Love them recklessly. And that does not mean don't say no. Mm. Say no a lot. But love them recklessly. And then care for their moms if she wants to move out to a new apartment and you can support that support that if you don't have the money be honest don't try to impress anyone be who you are if she wants to do something a business idea support that if she doesn't want you in her presence support that be cool don't force okay here's the situation here's whatever there you go walk away be a gentleman and it's so funny yeah and i learned this from watching other people it takes so much energy to hate and so much less to care mm, for. Mm. I've watched people close to me who have gone through this crazy experience with the people that they're with and I was like, dude, just let it go. She screwed you over. She took your stuff. She left. But you've got kids. Start from scratch. See, she found you at scratch. Start mm, again. Mm. You've got the script. Be do it. Build yourself up. Let your kids see what resilience looks like. It's going to come back to hurt them. Vice versa for women. He came. He ripped your part. He took some chicken. Sour. You build you. Let him see what he messed up. What I don't want to do, you to do, whether you're a father or mother, is carry that weight for the rest of your life and just be this bitter individual that your children don't want to hang around. 50 years from now. Um, I will be dead. That's why I said 50. <laughs> <laughs> of old age, I hope. 
of old age. I will be more his age. Or, or okay, so maybe fifty-five years from now. Yeah, <laughs> and one of them is reading the your 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 eulogy, mm. and they're just about to finish reading your eulogy, and they're saying that statement that you know that describes you. What do you wish they say? He was there. Small miracles. I don't. I don't want to be grand. I have no intention of being. Of them saying how grand he was there. He didn't have all the answers, but he was there. He didn't have all the money, but he was there. He didn't have all the connections or networks. He was there. That one. I will go with that. He was there. Why do you want to tell them now? I am here. I'm right here. And I'll always tell them I'm here. And if they need something, I'm here. If I have it, I'll give it to them. I'm here. My my, one of mine is turning a year older tomorrow. She wanted to do this fancy party with her friends and go places and do things and whatever. And because I'm building a company and it costs a lot of money, I don't have the money to do that. So I got her a really nice cake, though. And we went and bought it together. And she liked. And I told her, you know what? I don't have the money for it. What I will do is I'll make sure I'm in the school the whole day. And we'll hang out. I'll cut the cake with you. We'll share it with your friends. I will be there the whole day. Oh. So you may not remember the party, oh. but you'll remember that my dad was there. And for me, that's mattered because every single time she's had a birthday, I think I've missed none. Actually, oh. I've been there whole day in school. Like I've got my tracks ready. I even washed my sneaks. I'm gonna be in school. It's a sports day tomorrow. Pap, in the morning, eight. Tomorrow, four o'clock, five o'clock. I will be there. Thank you, man. It's all good. Thank you for your time. Mm. Thank you for. Being a good example, and because I don't even take that. That's no, true. I say I'm trying. We're all trying, bro. Then I'll stick with that. Yeah, but you're a trying good example. <laughs> <laughs> I am trying. Trying good example, man. Every day. Please listen to his podcast, African mm-hmm. Startup Story. Yeah, my African Startup my Story. My African Startup. I'm looking story. forward to. I've got some interesting people: Ken Joroge, Erkasman, Samgishuru. I and then those are just the boring ones because there are women I, in there. I keep waiting. I keep waiting <laughs> for my name, but it's okay. Yeah. So Wait. one day, one day, <laughs> Father God, Father, you have heard my prayer. That one day I shall be on the list of the African startup story. Thank you. Cheers. God bless you. Yeah. You're a good father. Mm. You're a good father. Working to it's a work in progress. You're a good father. Take it. And I'm proud of you. Cheers, bro. Cheers.